Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. I'm Radha Priti, and I'm here with Chaitanya Turan, our teacher, and dear friend Russell Prabhu in Australia. Good to be here with you both today. Um, today we are starting from Chapter 3, Text 27, um, and it is our 54th day in our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. So with that, uh, do you want to take us through, Cece? Yes, happy to. Wonderful to be back now. And this is one of the frequently quoted verses from the Bhagavad Gita. Prakriti kriyamanan gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankar vimudhatma kartaham iti manyate. The spirit soul, bewildered by the influence of false ego, thinks himself the doer of activities that are in actuality carried out by three modes of material nature. Yes. So, let's uh, look at this verse in context to see what is actually going on over here. Now, in this particular section, Krishna is differentiating between Basically, detached work done to set an example. That was this previous section. And that is broadly karma yoga and attached work, which is karma kanda. So basically, Krishna has told Arjuna that for whatever reason, he may be functioning, it's best that he do his duty. So best is that he, he act. In this context, he fight. And for that, he talks at various levels. You know, if, if he's attached, then he needs to maintain himself. Hmm? That's why he needs to work. If if he's attached, you could say to immediate welfare, then he needs to maintain the work. If he is, if he feels uh, attached to, attached in terms of a bigger picture, he needs to maintain the cosmic order. Then also he has to work as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Then, if he is detached, then also he needs to work to set an example. So these were the broadly the three sections that we have discussed till now. This was 3, 3 to 8. This was 3, 9 to 16. And this was 3, 17 to 24. So now after that, this particular section, 25 to 35 is talking about why or how working with detachment doesn't entangle. Arjuna's concern was that if I work, it will entangle me. And Krishna's focus is that no, it won't. And Krishna is explaining that to him. 
now in the previous verse krishna said 326 was he stated that there are two levels of people that both people may be working but one is attached and ignorant and the other is detached and wise cognizant we can say is to rhyme with ignorant okay. aware of the reality now the both are acting the two are acting at different levels now krishna is going to say that if both of them are working what really differentiates them what does being attached or being ignorant mean so krishna has said previously that when one person is at this level don't disturb oh you are foolish you are attached don't disturb but he says let this person get gradually elevate elevated help to get let them gradually don't disturb that you know you have to jump from here at once to this level that is impractical for most people so now krishna is in this verse telling to continue that theme that okay so when we want to gradually elevate people what is the elevation that is required so before we can talk about how to elevate we need to understand where they are at so that state this particular state of being an illusion that is described being attached being ignorant that is elaborated in 327 the current verse that we are discussing and what is krishna saying over here he says that when people act let's look at this particular verse so when actions are normally done so saying so you know, who is actually doing the actions so he's saying that actually the modes impel people to act in different ways the modes impel us to act but then the foolish person thinks i am the doer it's a good good say a puppet somebody is the puppet is being pulled by the strings the strings are pulling and yet the person thinks that i am doing everything so such a conception is an illusion and that is what krishna is highlighting over here so one who thinks that they are the doers when actually the modes are doing everything that person is an a vimudhatma is a is a foolish person a deluded person krishna is saying now here krishna is introduce the concept of the modes or rather he just mentioned the mentioned it where now this concept of the modes or which are since also they are called as gunas they will be elaborated in chapter 14 which is a long way away but let's have a quick intro of what the modes are but before i go there are there any reflections or questions at this point first so it sounds like we went from attached work to can you go back up to the very first that you talked about okay yeah right here you went from attached work 
in welfare to maintain yourself attached work to the bigger pictures working as a sacrifice and then detached work and so that was 33 to 324 but so now is krishna going back and like further zooming in and and explaining what what ignorance or like how does the new flow fit in with the old flow oh okay so good question i didn't realize i had not clarified that basically krishna is telling arjuna that if he is at this particular this level at the level of detached he's actually detached then he's working to set an example for others so if he is doing the same thing as people who are attached to are doing then how is it that he won't get entangled so how okay. is it that he won't get entangled so basically how not entangled when doing the same thing that's what is being explained and to explain that krishna is going to talk about the difference in consciousness between okay this is not difference in consciousness between uh these two kinds of people those who are at the detached and cognizant level and those who are attached and ignorant level so krishna okay. first talked about detached krishna first talked about attached and ignorant and he explained how arjuna can stay free from that consciousness and that's how he will not be entangled okay so he's saying it may look like you're doing the same thing on the outside but you won't be because the inside motives will be different and this is why yes or this is how rather i guess this is how the inside motives would be different exactly true okay thank you rasul any comments no that's clear that's good thank you thank you so now let's try to understand what the modes are the modes are in themselves a bit of a complicated subject so i will not go into a detailed analysis of the modes that will be for the 14th chapter when we come to it but at this stage we could say that the modes are subtle forces that shape the interaction between matter and consciousness so we know the soul is here and say the entire material world of course the soul is right now in the material world but just for analytical purposes we can put it differently the soul is here the material world is here now when the soul's consciousness flows outward toward the world so this flow of consciousness so it is shaped by the modes that means that in the material world what will a person focus on we all that is determined by the kind of modes that are influencing us each one of us has a particular priority so for example say if there is a bus maybe a maybe a train let's put it this way and there are 
three adjacent seats with windows in those seats. And say there are three people sitting over there. And they're all looking out. Now when they're looking out, at that time, they find that they see, they look out and they see some greenery over here. Okay, come on. So now, when they see the greenery over here, say this person is in the three gunas are called Sattva, Prajas, and Tamas. In, in, now, in, I'll just ex, explain these terms a little later, but let's look at, say the first person looks at it and say, a person is trying to read a book in the train, and as they're reading, they're maybe the train is moving a little bit, it's a little jerky. A person is not able to focus, and the person thinks that, oh, if only this was more, if only I could go and sit under a tree over there, so peaceful. I could immerse myself in reading this book, and I could dive deep into the wisdom that is there in this book. Mm -hmm. Now, second person sees uh, the greenery and they immediately remember maybe some romantic movie that person has seen. And the uh, person is, oh, if only I had someone with me. Uh, in this greenery, I could enjoy. I could just do something romantic, whatever. Now, the third person is struggling with sleep, lethargic, bore bored, person trying to sleep, but because the car train is moving, the person not able to sleep. That person sees and thinks, oh, this green is so peaceful, so silent. I could just go to sleep and no one would disturb me. Now what has happened is all three are perceiving the same thing, but they are Although they are perceiving the same thing, they are perceiving it very differently. So this difference, the Gita says, is due to the three modes. So we are pushed to perceive and pursue in particular things. So when we talk about the interactions, the interaction as to what we perceive and then how we process it and then what we pursue. All these three things are shaped very strongly by the modes. And that's why the broad point over here is that each one of us needs to find out how best we can function within the framework of how we are being pushed by the modes. So Krishna is saying that some people will be naturally more reflective. Some people will be more active. And a person who is reflective, they become proud. You see how reflective I am. And a person who is more active, they just see how hardworking I am. Everybody is such a lethargic person. Then that won't be of much help. Each person needs to know that I am being pushed by the modes to act in particular ways. And now we have to make the best of the way the modes influence us. 
So now a simpler way to understand this would be the modes are just another way of using the word are conditionings. So we all have certain conditionings, and we live with our conditionings. We function with our conditionings. And we can't do much about that. But while we are functioning with our conditionings, how do we move forward? So we move forward by recognizing that these are the limitations in which we function. So rather than becoming proud that I am doing things or I am not doing things, we need to recognize that these conditionings are pulling me. Let me move in a direction that is constructive rather, rather than destructive. So somebody has to be active. So somebody's conditioning may push them to be reflective. Now they will be reflective, but they can be reflective in a constructive way, where they think issues through and they arrive at deeper insights, or it can be destructive, where they can just overthink and overanalyze and become overcritical. Both are possible. Similarly, if somebody is active by nature. Now, they could again be active in a constructive way where they, they plan, they use their energy for something valuable or they could be active in a destructive way where they're just running around and without planning, without vision, without uh, due deliberation, they just start off and make things worse. Similarly, now, if somebody is a little lethargic, that's the way they are. Now we may say, isn't lethargy always destructive? Can that also be constructive? Well, not necessarily that everything has to be necessarily bad about it. Now somebody is lethargic, they acknowledge that okay, this is the way I am, this is this is the way I am right now. And they function within their limitations. Okay, this much I can do, this I cannot do. But lethargic destructive would be that, oh, because I couldn't do that. What is the use of it? I won't be able to do anything at all. So in that way, one may get overwhelmed by the particular mode that we are in. So now, why is Krishna talking specifically about the modes over here to Arjuna? So just one second. Yeah. So, if you don't mind. So you're saying the modes are kind of like the the lens of which we see the world. Like some people say, like we have rose-colored glasses. Like it's it's kind of like the filter between our perception and and the object of our perception, right? That's, well, that's kind of what. You're... But there are also strings or ropes, because lens only. That's why I said they, what we perceive, that is there. That's that's that will give the lens response, lens metaphor. But what uh -huh. we pursue, that is uh -huh, that will okay. be a string metaphor because the modes don't just shape our perception. They shape our action also. They shape our pursuits also. They're pulled in particular directions. So in that okay. sense, the modes are lens and strings, both. Okay. And then you said process too, right? Perceive, process, and... and yeah, perceive. so you know, when we are... It's like these are three stages, isn't it? Some input comes in, we perceive it. Then inside us, what happens is that we are processing it. And then what comes out is we pursue something. Mm -hmm. So perceive, process, and pursue. So now when we talk about how we process things, 
it's difficult to have a simple metaphor to understand what how things will be processed but we could say that each of us if we consider that we have a particular kind of program inside us so you know this is like our programming now each program means program basically means that a particular stimulus will trigger a particular response so each person has a different kind of program within it so our programming will determine what will prioritize what will be de- what will be prioritized so for example if somebody sees a snake or let's take a more common example not many people say there's a fire in a theater <coughs> some people may just uh, freeze mm-hmm. out of panic and some people might just flee mm-hmm. now they freeze the fire might hurt them if they flee they might cause a panic and they might uh, sorry they might cause a stampede and that could uh, little problem somebody else could focus okay the fire is here and there is a nearest fire extinguisher they try to use the fire extinguisher they think and they try to plan what to do there are three different responses so the modes basically shape the interaction mechanism between us and our our self and our outer world basically okay okay so then when what you said before if you go right is the constructive the destructive when you broke down to those were you saying that reflective how does were you saying that reflective is sattvic active is rajas and lethargic is tamas and then how does the constructive and destructive of each fit into that framework see we have the more that we have we can't change it we have our conditionings now what we do with the conditioning is up to us so somebody could use the constructive the ref- the reflective nature to think deep somebody use that reflective nature to think too much you know become over analytical become over over critical so it's not that any mode is necessarily an undiluted blessing okay so if you're if you're reflective then that means that naturally you're a sattvic person but then if you're using it to like to, to like i don't know reflect on pretty dark yeah, things oh and this person said this why did they say that and then there's 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 someone okay this is just it was as part of the moment thing okay it's over they apologize or they, you understood why they did that just forget it but some people just keep carrying on and on and on the same thing So, so does that mean that you're sattvic or rajastic like how does that work it means that your nature is sattvic but your your action in the moment is rajastic or tamastic the three modes are basically we could say that they're just the conditioning that we have now krishna gives in the 14th chapter the positive as well as the negative of each of the conditionings he says that this conditioning can be used 
he said that sattva can also lead to us they can become attached to happiness they feel happy and because of that they feel get an elitist mentality everybody else is craving and i am i am above it all and they become proud of being above it all that is also a problem so uh, i was just saying is giving an one example that any conditioning can have a positive and negative side to it so we just need to make the best of the conditioning that we have so krishna has not gone into the three modes and i don't want to go into the analysis of three modes because that's not the focus of the discussion over here but what i am saying is that any conditioning can be used positively or negatively so is it that a sattvic nature is being used tamasically i don't think we need to go so much into the analysis basically that's the conditioning you have and are you using it positively or negatively so let's focus on that mm-hmm. okay so and i have not yet talked anything about the nature of the person i'm just talking about okay. these three so nature is going to come in the next section when krishna talks about swabhava so i'm just saying that these okay. three conditions are there and uh, th- these three kinds of strings they pull us and the key point is we need to recognize that these conditions are pulling us and be careful about whether we are getting pulled in a particular direction that is constructive or destructive so there is a positive and a negative to both all the three modes of course we could say that the lethargic has more negative and less positive and the reflective has more positive and less negative that is true so you could say that that is definitely true but still all of them have both sides okay so i just want to conclude with this point that why is krishna talking about a person being pulled by the modes over here in this discussion on uh, what is action and detachment mean so what krishna is essentially saying he will mention that in the next verse which will probably go in the next session he is telling arjuna that everyone is going to be pulled by the modes and they will to act in a particular way those who are aware of that and then they direct their action constructively those people will not claim false credit for what they have done and that's how they will become elevated those who think that i am the doer they claim credit and that's what get what entangles them so if the modes are the doer then if we take credit then that indicate that we are illusion and then our we become more entangled the entanglement increases we don't take credit okay this is the way my body mind machine is this is the way i function so then we are not we are staying away from illusion then then we will be we there will be no entanglement so it is we can't wish away our conditioning but what we can do is we can at least distance ourselves from it so how this distancing is to be done that will be explained in the next words and we'll talk it at that time Okay. So, okay. any questions or should I can I summarize? Yeah, 
so in this yeah tell me in this verse krishna's just saying that the modes are the doers so for the people that are attached you sh they should recognize that the modes are actually the doers and and the way out of becoming attached is to recognize that and not take credit for it and then you're not entangled is that is that kind of the connection between yes so those who take credit they are the attached people those who don't take credit they are the detached people okay but ultimately we're all, it's everybody subjected to the modes it's it's just the difference between the attached and the detached is that the attached or that the detached recognize that it's the modes and not themselves they don't take they don't take an ordinary credit for it even though they are able to do something good okay thank you so i'll summarize so we discussed the chapter 3 flow first where we understood what why krishna is talking about the three modes or uh, he is talking about modes and doership over here why is he talking about those things then after discussing that then we talked about the modes as as subtle forces that shape the interaction between matter and consciousness and for that that was a major part of the discussion and in that we discussed the metaphors of how they shape what we perceive process and then pursue and for each of these we discussed one metaphor lens then a program program basically correlates a particular stimulus with a particular response what we pursue is the strings the strings or ropes this is the com most common metaphor used for the modes and then lastly we discussed about how mm, distancing oneself distancing from identifying with the modes that can free one from entanglement and understand is the modes doing is that will that will ensure that a person is not entangled this theme of not being entangled will be elaborated in next verse so we'll discuss in the next session thank you very much hare krishna thank you